Hey everyone, this is Brian Austin Green, and you are listening to the Atomic Podcast, and uh, it's pretty awesome. Intellectual stimulation by way of mobile devices. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Atomic Podcast, and here is your host of the show, Efren Guzman. Wait a minute. So you talking about the the like those um Monopoly games from McDonald's, like the the peel offs? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, that's yeah the the, the peel the, the peel things that, that were on the cups and on like you know um, chicken McNuggets and all that stuff. Yeah. So whenever you peeled those things, you got everything except winning pieces. Mm-hmm. The winning pieces they only manufactured a couple dozen of each one, and then those the pieces were put on after so there were different companies there were companies there was a company that made the cups and the space for the monopoly stickers yeah and then there was another company that made just the monopoly pieces the just the stickers and so they would they would then receive the cups and they would put on the monopoly pieces but they they had a monopoly no pun intended on, <laughs> on the pieces yeah. so the so the million dollar five hundred thousand dollar two hundred thousand dollar those pieces they they had and and if you look back at all the winners this the this the documentary is really awesome it's called mcmillions mm-hmm. um if you if you look at all the winners they all knew each other somehow yeah so they were all they were all connected somehow so that sort of became like you know this guy would go because he'd make money giving them to people he'd make half of it so you know he'd make if it was a million dollar piece, he'd make five hundred grand for just handing somebody the million dollar piece. And the way it worked is, when you got the piece, all you had to do was call in and give the number that was on it. Mm-hmm. It was there was there was like a little number, and they and they'd verify, and they go, "Oh yeah, you got it," and then they would pay you. So it was it wasn't like you had to collect all the pieces, or it it wasn't it looked like Monopoly, but it wasn't Monopoly really. It was it it had the facade of monopoly like you you know you'd see it and go oh yeah boardwalk park place you know i want to get all the railroads and whatever so as a as like a common person you could play the game Mm -hmm. but then there were these special game pieces that were worth all the money All, all the other ones were like a free big mac or you know free free refill on a drink like they were all silly things and then those big money-making pieces were all kept and given to specific people and nobody had any idea it was this whole ring and the fbi got a hold of it because somebody had you know there was one whistleblower and it had sat there for like six months this whistleblower sort of put it out there and nobody ever did anything about it and one fbi uh, investigator looked looked at it and was like this is fucking interesting because he was bored <laughs> and, and he uncovered this like crazy crazy fucking scheme so McMillions check it out is it on Netflix or Amazon it's it's on it's on Netflix Netflix oh man I know because yeah. there's there's pretty much there's a lot of good documentaries especially with the Aaron Hernandez documentary then there's um I don't know if you're to UFO something of a connection with UFO and Bigfoot so there's a lot of like yeah. random documentaries out there and then yeah it's yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy that like now, like society, like when you have nothing to do and you're home and you're quarantined, it's you. 
It's like you like things that you try to find to do. You do that when you're working, but then when you're home, not doing nothing. It's like you don't want to do it. You want to do something else. I don't know if you feel that way what's, when it's like that. What's crazy is all the things that have shut down. Like, you know, I used to when when this was first going on. Like, you know, and and my wife was out of the country working. Oh, okay. Um, I I would take the kids to the movies, and there was one weekend where like. Onward and Sonic the Hedgehog came out, so it was like, okay, we have something for Saturday and something for Sunday. Yeah. And as soon as as soon as theaters closed, like that whole industry stopped, and all of a sudden, all the new movies that are coming out, they're coming out on streaming platforms. They're coming out mm-hmm. on you know on Apple TV or on um, on Netflix or on Hulu or what. And so that that whole the the movie industry is just stopped for right now it, it's amazing how like tv went from this place of like it's sort of the the bastard stepchild to film like you know film stars were really huge and cool and then tv stars were sort of like oh it's tv you know it was like it was shunned upon <laughs> yeah and now everyone's like every big film star wants to do a tv show like nobody nobody wants to travel anymore or do no you, people want the steady paychecks of a television show and so it's 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 weird how this has sort of forced the industry's hand to uh, to to grow a little bit. How you feel that like the film industry and the television industry has taken a role reversal now? Like TV is more prevalent than movies nowadays. It uh, it has in some ways. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think people people realize now. I mean, now it's so much easier to almost have a, a theater experience at home like with mm-hmm. sono systems or you know you can you can go buy these really cheap home theater things that are five one seven one and all of a sudden once you can immerse yourself in sound and and screens are getting bigger and less expensive you can get them at you know costco now and target and all that so i think uh i think the experience of going to the movies is is a bit less of an experience for people like people especially if you have a family it's a lot easier to stay home and then have snacks and like hey let's go let you know sort of designate a room and like hey let's go to the theater room and watch this and and especially now i mean everything's we went to the theater and saw um onward and it came out like a week and a half later on apple tv it's like well why did why did we go to the theater? Sonic's out now. Like you know, Trolls is coming out on. Yeah. I think it's the fourteenth. I'm assuming that's going to go straight to you know straight to at home viewing. I mean, theaters aren't open, so they're they're the release date doesn't. That's that's just the date that it hits the hits the world. I don't I don't think it's going to hit the world in theaters. I know that's true. Anytime soon. I know, but do you think you know? Because I even I thought about this a long time ago. Like eventually, no one's going to go to the movies anymore because people have surround sound, they have 4K television, and everything is streaming service. Don't you like? Do you think eventually the future is catching up faster than it should because movie theaters are kind of like obsolete now with the streaming service? You could just get a movie straight to Netflix, straight to Amazon. Do you think that's like the change of the future? I don't think so. I think though, I think theaters are going to change. I think. You know, companies like Netflix and those—they're—they're they're going to. Uh, I think, I think theater chains in general are gonna—they're gonna have less uh, less traffic. But then I think these these streaming services and these companies that are making a ton of money—I think they're gonna start 
opening theaters um, to to have that experience for their content. Mm. So I think you know I I, I think it's going to change that way. I don't think I don't think movies. I, I don't think people are going to stop going to movies ever because that's an experience. I mean that's a it's sort of like. Yeah, I can have a really good stereo at home, but there's something about going to a club and dancing that's just different from dancing with a couple friends in my living room. Like it's just it's a different experience. And so I think for people going to the movies and buying a ticket and getting popcorn and getting all the stuff and sitting in their seats and and just getting that, I, I think I think that experience is going to stay the same. I think it's I think it's going to evolve a little bit and change a little bit with the industry, but mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to go away. I don't. I, I can't imagine. I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't. Yeah. I can't imagine that that's going to go away. Yeah, you're right because that's too, that's too much fun. <laughs> like that's an excuse to get out of your house. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Go to the movies. You know, let's go do something. Yeah, and and that's one of them. You go to the park. You go to the movies. You go. You know, you, there are those things that you can't. You can have a really fun backyard, but it's not like the park. Yeah, that's true. It's just not. That's true. But you notice, like, I think, especially in the Midwest, I don't know how it is out there, but a lot of people go to the more of the mom and pop theaters because you can go to the movie theaters, let's say, on a Tuesday for $6 as opposed to yeah. going to the, yeah, like, you this. you can go to, like, double features. Yeah. 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 Totally. And the AMC and, like, the Cinemarks is, like, if you have a family of five, you're you're closely spending the $65 or probably more depending on what you buy for snacks and whatnot. Well, yeah, that's the problem is you're spending 65 bucks for tickets, but then you're buying snacks and all mm-hmm. that stuff. You end up almost 100 bucks for, you know, for a night with the family. Yeah. It's crazy. I know, especially <laughs> if it comes out in a few months on, like, on, on, you know, on digital and then you get it right. a few months later on, you know, DVD and whatnot, you know? I, I, think, I think what's going to happen, I, I mean, this is just, I'm thinking out loud now because you're asking about it. I yeah. haven't thought about it before, but I think... You know, I think these streaming platforms—they're gonna—they're gonna create these theaters that are gonna be way less than people are used to now to go to the movies to have that experience, because the the companies that own these theaters also have these streaming services which are paid for. So, you know, I don't know if it's gonna be something like since you're already a member of Netflix, like here's a you know print this out, here's a ticket for you and your family to go to a Netflix theater and see this, I, you know, I don't know how that's going to work, but I, I assume that it's going to be something like that, that it's going to graduate that way. And if it's not, if that, if nobody's thought of that yet, I own that idea. <laughs> go, go, come to me before, before you decide to do that. Cause I have a million of them. If that's already been thought of. And then I'm not nearly as fucking smart as I think. I should shut up now. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, <laughs> to get started, I guess we already started, but let me just ask you this: um, How has the family brought you closer to the pandemic? Like, are you like more isolated now, and you're more like you know doing a lot more things with the kids? Not that you haven't done kids done stuff with the kids that you've done before, but have you done a lot more stuff now? Yeah, you yeah. have to, and it's yeah. stuff. It's it's changing up the program. You know, it's like we there. You you sort of you create a routine for life. Yeah. Of like, okay, it's the weekend, so we'll go to the zoo, or we'll go to the park, or we'll go, and those places are all closed now. So now it's like, okay, you know, well, Target's still open, so let's go to Target and get a bunch of crayons and a bunch of paper 
and clay <laughs> and let's like let's do stuff like that on the weekend and then you know we've we're we we try to be a very sort of anti um uh, anti electronic like pc okay. you know imax phones all that stuff at no. home for the kids but now with school online, you can't be. Like I had to go buy uh, buy iPads for the kids to do school because they're they're going to be on them five days a week. Yeah. And it's like we try and keep them away from that stuff. But the the reality is that's the that's the future, and that's you know if it's regulated the right way and monitored the right way by parents, it's an amazing tool. I mean, I I still have. I still have like my my set of encyclopedias, which wow. are a fucking joke. Like nobody, you know, the kids are gonna see those and go, what? You know, they're, they're gonna see books and be like, what the hell are those? <laughs> <laughs> they know like some kids' books now, but it's crazy to look to have all of those books and to have barely any information in them. And literally, kids can get all of that now online. You can get you you have access to anything you want to learn about or know about. Um, but yeah, we're you know we're we're playing board games and we're doing that kind of stuff. I mean, there there are places like grocery stores that are still open. There's some restaurants that have like to go food, mm-hmm. as you know. So yeah. we're trying to we're trying to mix it up a little bit and do like do that. Like let's get some to go food and then go to this restaurant that we normally go to that has sort of an outside bench area and let's sit on that bench and eat instead of sitting in the car and eating or you know sitting yeah. so we're trying to we're trying to mix it up within the confines of what of what is safe mm-hmm. and what is legal um so you know you're it's that's a that's a hard line to sort of toe because there there are times where you're like god it's really i mean we have a house by the beach mm-hmm. but you're not supposed to go to the beach you're not supposed yeah. to go on trails or go to the beach and it's like well it if I live here and it's so not like the air is so nice being outside when nobody is out, you kind of, there's a party that's like, fuck it. I want to, I want to go do this with the kids. Like, let's go walk on the beach. But it's yeah. like, if everybody thought that, then the beaches would be full. So I, I get it. You know, it's that I understand I had this discussion with, with Megan because we were driving past a trail, like a hike and it was empty mm-hmm. and, and you have that thing of like, God, it's empty. We should go. Yeah. It's like, no, that's that's exactly that's exactly why it's closed because otherwise everybody would go. Like that that happened one weekend here in California. Everybody went to all the trails and the beaches were packed and all that shit. And it's like, what? <laughs> what? That's that's a horrible idea. Like you're you know, social distancing is six feet. Like you're at the yeah. beach and it's packed. Yeah. Like you know. I understand it's fresh air and it's nice to be out of the house, but that's not, you're not doing yourself or your family any service by being that way. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. How do you do it? Like when you go to the store, do you actually put on the mask? Do you put on the gloves? You get fatigued out? Like, how do you do it? No. Oh, okay. No. No. <laughs> He's like, nope. I, no. We're not, we're, it, we, it, it's all about balance and, you know, to each his own. Yeah. But for us, there's that thing of like, we have an issue with gloves of like, okay, well, if you're wearing gloves, all that is is a glove that's touching all those surfaces. True. That That is then spreading everything everywhere because that's what the, the gloves do. I mean, it's the same thing that would happen on your hands. So it's almost better to 
in my opinion, just to wash your hands and sanitize and do all that as often as possible. Um, now is probably, I would assume, the best time to touch things because everybody's touching things with gloves. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's probably, you know, the, those are probably cleaner areas. See? Mm-hmm. But, but I, and as far as masks, I mean, the masks are they've already said masks, you know, that they, they don't really do anything for anybody. They don't, they, they don't, unless you have those crazy masks with the, um, with the, the air purifiers on either side and the whole, you know, like the, the things that you can use for cyanide and, you know, different quarantines like that. Um, those, those paper ones, let's save those for hospitals. Let's save those for people that need them. You know, let's save those for frontline workers that, really need to be protected because they're seeing uh coronavirus patients all day long yeah let's keep them safe so they can continue to do their job which is much needed <laughs> right now yeah and uh and and do it safely yeah I, you, we don't want them going home because then we're fucked yeah i know but and you know guy again i'm sorry then we have nobody then we have nobody to fucking help with any of yeah. You know what's funny? Because like so there's some people who get offended when they say like health care workers are essential workers. And then, you know, you have like the fire departments, EMS and officers. But then you have people that say, well, I work for the postal service. I'm an essential worker. I work for the grocery store. I'm an essential worker. Like everyone's an essential worker if they're outside working. So like, right. like, who do you classify as an essential worker? Everybody who's working out there because, you know, everybody has different classifications who or what is an essential worker? Yeah, I think from from what it seems to me, it's just, it's the it's the people that we need. Yeah, I mean, we you know we need to go to grocery stores. We need groceries. Yeah, um, we we need you know the delivery services still because they're delivering shit that we need. I mean, we're mm-hmm. in we're in an age where I you know I'm on Amazon more than I'm at stores. Yeah. So if I can if I can be ordering stuff from Amazon, it, you know, and if Amazon were smart, which they probably have already, I just don't know it because I I don't pay enough attention to everything. Mm-hmm. Um you know, put a limit on on uh toilet paper and paper towels and things that can be purchased. So literally during this time, you can't put in your cart more than we allow you to put in your cart. Um, but it's, I think, you know, I think that's, I think that's sort of essential workers are, it, it's questionable for where you are. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're, if you're in a big city like New York, mm-hmm. then you're, you're going to need more essential workers than somebody that lives like you now in the Midwest, where it's like, you can, you can go to the grocery store, buy buy groceries that you need and be good for three days mm-hmm. in new york you know you sort yep. of buy from day to day yeah you're right so it be, because that's that's how it's set up that's how it runs so the essentials are different i mean that you know uh taxis and car services are much more essential in a city like that than they are in the midwest you can own a car mm-hmm. you can drive around yeah um but in New York, you have to take a taxi or, or a car service everywhere. Most people don't own Most people don't even have a license. Yep. In New York. So yep. It's you know, it's a different. <laughs> you know, it's a different. It, I, I think it's different everywhere. I think I think what's essential here is not. It may be essential in a different area. Who knows? Yeah, that's true. That's true. I think I think that's for an area and for a mayor to 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 say. 
Yeah. I think it's I think it's up to their discretion to you know to decide what is essential in that area, and if it is, then it then people should have access to it because essential is those are life or death things. I mean that's you you need you need food you need gas you need you know, and then the things you don't need the 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 the, sto- the clothing stores and businesses like that. I mean we're really we're really fortunate stores like target mm-hmm. which have groceries also have clothes yeah and you know and clothing is available online like a lot of it can be ordered and because uh mail services are essential they can they can be purchased and then delivered to your house so we still have access to those but um smaller stores boutiques and things unfortunately they you know they they're not essential right now i don't i don't need them to survive right now yeah I know you notice like it also changed the way we live. I know we've been talking about essential for a while, but it also changes the way we live life and the way we view life and the way we view television, like seeing the tonight show with no audience, seeing wrestling shows with no audience. Yeah. It's just crazy. Yeah. You know, it's still going on. What's, what's crazy is what you take, take for granted too. Like I, and, and then, then the people that are really fucking good shine. Like, yeah. like to me, I'm a big fan of John Oliver and last week tonight. Oh yeah. It's okay. And, He's great because he he gives a thousand percent when there's nobody there, and then you see other people that like. Um, I'm a big fan of Bill Maher too. Yes, and, me too. Uh, and politically incorrect, correct. Yeah. and he's and you can tell he's a he's a stand up comic, so he's much more used to being in front of people, and and what he does is is sort of based on that. Like he, you know, he. He gets reactions from, like in his last show, he had just cameramen and crew members there, but they were acting as audience. Like he he asked them to laugh and to do all that, and so there was a presence and a feel of other people there. Um, mm. I, I think it's I think it's interesting to watch people sort. Of, it's it, people are a bit out of their element, you know, doing what they're doing right now i mean uh for fallon to be doing his show in his basement you know with his kids and his wife it's crazy it's it's really fucking interesting but it's it's interesting how quality has changed like i was i was having a conversation with a few people earlier Mm -hmm. and uh and you know we're talking about uh we're, we're creating a video and Everyone was like, yeah, you know, video quality doesn't matter as much as audio quality. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Like, I've I've seen a few commercials now that are literally guys with iPhones. Yeah. Like, like filming themselves and talking. And so, and that's, and people have just accepted, like, oh, that's what it is. I mean, you know, thank goodness we have the phones we have now and the cameras we have now. We can do that. But that's, that's all changed dramatically i mean before it was so important the way things were lit and shot and do and you know and done and i think that is that's definitely lightened up now because it has to yeah there's there's no choice i know and then you notice now like you know even yourself everybody is doing a podcast now everybody has different avenues and different outlets to let their opinions out there and you also do a podcast yourself um what intrigued you about doing that and how how like how do you feel of just letting your filter down and if you're a person that cusses a lot and just being yourself like was it really comfortable for you and very easy for you to do it it's uh 
when I when I first did it, yeah. I was I actually talked about this on my podcast at the last I think the last episode. Okay. And and nobody knew. When I when I first did it, I had I was having some health issues, so I was recovering from crazy neurologic stuff that was going on that had affected my speech and my it was I had a lot of brain fog and I had all these things that I was working on, so it was sort of it was a trial by fire thing for me. It was wow. like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this podcast. I had already spoken to these two guys before. I had done different interviews when I had done different shows, mm-hmm. and they were already doing podcasts. So when they were like, "Hey, you know, let's do a podcast," and I was like, "It's fucking awesome! It's it's perfect timing yeah. because I can I can sit on the phone with two people that that are really quick witted and quick minded, and it it'll force me to sort of think on my toes a little bit, which is good. That's that's what people do. Um, so I did. I, I started it for that reason, mm-hmm. but quickly started enjoying it because our show is there's there's no real format to what it is we do. Okay. We uh, I Derek, my partner, lives in another state, and so we we just call each other on Skype mm-hmm. and and hit record. Yeah, and whatever we talk about for that hour, that's the episode. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so, and some episodes are great, and and some of them are really fucking stupid, <laughs> you know. And but but we, uh, I'm I'm a hundred percent myself. Like I I I pretty much no, nothing is off limits for me. I mean, there there are certain lines for me that I won't cross. Like I won't talk too much about family or you know or or home or my my marriage or any of that stuff. Yeah. But the rest of it. Um, I think people appreciate honesty. They just, they, they appreciate somebody being human and real and having shitty days and shitty experiences and talking about those as much as they talk about the great ones. Um, people can relate to it. And I, and it's one of the, it's one of the things that I really missed about entertainment. I felt was the, you know, not a lot of people were relatable and it's, and it's really, it's really that simple. It's not like some crazy um, like quality that you have necessarily that that makes you relatable. Yeah. It's that you know. It's that people. Some people just by being honest and real are mm-hmm. relatable because they're they're speaking to the audience the right way. Yeah. And uh, and I enjoy it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, I love you. The I know. You know what I was gonna tell you? Like I did a Facebook live yesterday, and some of my topics are like kind of like honestly topics like i would call it howard stern-esque because I, I i i just actually i put a poll out there i asked people what kind of toilet paper do you use for your asshole because i don't use cottonelle because the white stuff gets stuck in there and i use scotty right. tissue because it's better but then i was realizing that a lot of people use wet wipes like flushable toilet wet wipes and i didn't even know that you know that kind of shocked me you know yeah which Charmin makes some just so you know oh okay but you see but you see the thing is i'm a scotty fan though if you if you they're, they're, if, if scott makes them then i probably would use it but i use scott right. you know so i don't know like this is gonna sound weird what what do you use what toilet paper do you use uh i use charmin charmin oh geez yeah yeah i do i use charmin and wet wipes i i it's a it's a combo for me <laughs> so, so yeah so i finish with the wet wipe but I start with, the, with the charmin oh my god because, you got... yeah i like that to keep it soft all the way around you know, <laughs> you know i don't want to i don't want to be abusive 
you see here in the Midwest, you got these porta potties here, so it's like kind of hard to do, you know, to to be elegant like that, you know. So it's right, kind of hard. To do a proper yes, cleaning. yes, yes, right. you know. But you see like and random Scott, stuff like that. Scott seems to do it the best for you. Yes, yeah, Scott, because yeah, it doesn't leave any residue in the hair area. If you get what I'm saying, but you know, what I'm saying to me, yeah. we're cotton now is so soft that it just breaks in there. I don't believe I'm having this topic with you, but yeah. <laughs> you know what? Maybe, I mean, not, we'll get off topic too, because yeah, I don't want to stick to too long, but maybe you're wiping too hard. <laughs> <laughs> If you're, if you're disintegrating toilet paper, maybe you're wiping. Yeah, I think so. It depends. I think it's probably because of the spinach shakes that I drink. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. that might do it also. <laughs> All right, to get off topic with this, um, you know, I can't be remiss if I don't talk about 90210 with you. Um, right. um, what was your life like at the height of the 90210 mania? And was you prepared for everything that, you know, that a celebrity entails with that? Was I prepared? No. Um, okay. It, at the height, it was insane. Yeah. It was, it was, it was a roll. The whole experience was a total fucking roller coaster ride. I mean, you've got to, you've got to realize I had up until that point done like thirteen other pilots. Mm-hmm. So when the class of Beverly Hills pilot came to me during pilot season, I thought like, okay, I'll do it's another pilot. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, it's not, it's not a great show where, you know, we'll do one of them and then, uh, I'm sure it'll be done. And then, you know, I'll, I'll see what happens next pilot season. And so we shot the pilot and the pilot was all right. Yeah. It wasn't great. And then, uh, you know, Fox was this sort of fledgling network. Mm-hmm. And, and so that, that was an advantage for, for our show and for Aaron Spelling because you know he had such a track record with making shows and fox i'm sure was going hey we want a piece of that we want to you know we we want to be a major network also so i uh, i think uh, they they gave us a few more episodes than any other network would have um because they they were really hopeful that it would do well and and when it first started it nobody fucking watched it no one yeah. We did we did the first season and it was it was totally silent like nobody was watching it at all and it wasn't until that summer we did uh, summer episodes mm-hmm. when all the other shows went on break they were all on hiatus yeah. so it was either reruns or you could watch our show and they were new episodes during the summer yeah and and the fact that we had the audience that we did which was majority young kids they were on summer break from school and it gave them something to watch and uh it it went from zero to 60 like overnight it was crazy i remember going to the gas station and filling my car up with gas and people going hey are you on that and some you know some kids going hey are you on that beverly hill show and it was like wow this is crazy and then we went to uh, we went to Disneyland for grad night, and um, and it, it was this huge huge celebration. And we 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 made an appearance on the Tomorrowland Terrace, that stage that comes up out of the ground. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember like Wilson Phillips was performing, and another Bad Creation was there. And, wow. Like all you know it was I, I mean fucking date like crazy dating myself, but those were the, <laughs> those. <laughs> they were performing. It was grad night. It was a big deal, you know, at Disneyland. And so 
Wilson Phillips was up before us, and all of a sudden I heard the crowd going crazy, and I thought, okay, Wilson Phillips must be doing some other song, you know? So I had this idea of like, hey, let's, since, you know, since we can, let's all hide. So when the stage comes up, it's empty. There's nobody, <laughs> there's nobody on it. And so we all hid, and uh, the stage came up, and then as soon as we jumped out from our hiding spots, people the, the crowd just went fucking nuts mm -hmm. and that was when i realized like okay this is really this is insane like i you could you could move and people would scream and, and freak out and it was weird because you know up until that time everything was new kids on the block yeah and so you'd see all the news footage of like them doing concerts and and, you know, girls rushing chain link fences and all of that being this crazy security thing. And that, and then all of a sudden we're dealing with the same stuff. And it was really fucking surreal. Like to to go from being on the outside, seeing that experience with somebody else, and then all of a sudden being in the middle of that experience was – it was absolute craziness. So you couldn't, you couldn't really prepare for it. It was it, – it, it's – it was sort of one of those weird situations that only a few people had really gone through. Mm -hmm. So it was a really small number of people that you could relate to, yeah. that, that you could really talk about it with, which is, I think, one of the things that made us as a cast so close at the time was that nobody else was going through it like we were. Mm -hmm. So nobody knew knew what it was like more than the people we were working with. So of course it was like, I would talk to Luke or Jason or Ian or, you know, Gabrielle or Jenny or, or Shannon about like, Oh, I did this on the weekend and it was crazy. And they go, yeah, well I did this. And it was like, it was insane. You know, we were all doing like crazy things and it was, it was really fun. I mean, I, I was young. I was 17 when the show started. So I, it was just a blast for me. I mean, I wish I wish now that I I was in the head frame that that I'm in now, so I could appreciate it a little more. There, there's a lot of it that I don't even necessarily remember or didn't really care about at the time. So I look back on it now and I go, "That's really fucking cool." Like mm. that was that was a cool experience. I wish I was in more of a state of mind to really appreciate that experience because that was that one was awesome. Yeah. Well, you know, you also, granted, you was also 17 at that time, so everything was pretty much being rushed to you, and it was like, holy right. shit, all this shit is happening, like, what's going on? Yeah. And, you know, remembering scripts and dialogue, and, you know. Well, and imagine being 17 and all of a sudden making more money than you could spend. Like, it was, I remember going through a period where it was like, I, you know, no matter what I spent, my accounts were still growing. Oh, shit. So it was like, yeah, so you would like you would go get a car and you go, oh, it's a fucking cool car, and you and you drive around, and you'd look, and all you'd have to do is go do one episode of the show, and then it was like, okay, that that car is, you've put the money back into your account that that you spent on that in you know in an episode, and so it was like being fucking seventeen. That was just that was insane for me. I mean, thank thank God, I I wasn't like big into drugs or anything like that because I would have fucking killed myself for sure. I would have, I would have been out of control because you, you have 
that's the worst combination fame and money yeah. <laughs> like, for a lot of people that's like you know okay well being famous is already bad because i don't deal with you know with it well and then i have the money to do whatever the fuck i want so i you know that's that's how people ruin themselves yeah um how, but how didn't you get influenced by that you know like would you had a good like family support system around you or you had good people around you like you'll stay away from that or whatnot yeah, I had a good fa- I had a good support system. Um, my parents were uh, were really they 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 worked really hard to instill um, responsibility in my mind. So I there was always that part of me that like even when things would get really fucking crazy, like there was that part that would of me that would ground me, and that was that was instilled by my parents for sure. Yeah. And then uh and then I, I just I got I was really fortunate. I mean not not everybody is. Not everybody has a really good story about it, you know, I or or they can't look back on it and really enjoy it the way I can because I I got really fucking lucky. Like I I I avoided most shit. I smoked weed and that was it. So I I smoked weed and cigarettes and did the show like that was you know that was that was the worst that it got to me like (laughs) if anything i would be out at a club too late you know dancing yeah um but yeah i got i got really really fucking lucky and i don't know i don't know what the secret sauce is like what the reason is behind it i I think it's a whole combination of things wow that's amazing because everybody like you know everybody is um you know, there's you hear a lot of I don't I don't want to say any names, but you hear like a lot of different stories of people who got fame and then they got turned into drugs or whatnot, and you know they weren't like influenced by the right people or different people. You know, they're doing different things or whatnot. But you know, I I can't say like I've never read any bad article about you like uh, Brian Austin Green is in heroin and whatnot. Like you know, you really stayed clear out of the limelight in that sort of way. Yeah, yeah. I've uh, yeah I've been I've been super super blessed that way i can't it's i've had a i've had a pretty clean life and i have a i have a pretty good head on my shoulders for what is right and what is wrong like what feels good to me and what doesn't and Mm -hmm. that and that gauge that i have it's it tends to be pretty universal like they're not it's I, i don't i don't have like a very far out thought process or feeling process for for things i just i i trust my gut and my gut is usually along the lines of what other people feel as well so i've i've been really lucky that way oh that's awesome um also i want to talk about um um i'm sure you talked about this plenty of times and i don't want to be the bearer of somebody who's going to ask you but i want to be i have to ask you man um what's your favorite memory of the late luke perry like what's your fondest memory of him um luke i mean a everything yeah luke was luke was an amazing guy but luke had Luke had a quality, and I've I've talked about this before. Yeah, uh, with with some other people, Luke had a quality where it didn't matter how busy he was or you were or what was going on. If like you met with him for lunch for an hour, he literally 
gave you a hundred percent of himself for an hour. Like the phone was down, that there was no, there was no focus on anything else. There was no like, I, I'm also working, so I've got to memorize lines. Or it was, he would hug you and like totally envelop you, and it was all about you when you were with him and it stayed that way the entire time you were with him. And it would be that way every single time I saw him, like he wouldn't, he wouldn't stray from, from that. And that was, that was one of the qualities that I realized that, that was, that was who Luke was. Luke was that guy. Luke, it wasn't, he didn't have to try, you know, to be that way or make an effort to be that way. He just was that way. Um, Luke was a special person, though. Yeah. I mean, Luke was. I'm. I'm so. I'm so thankful and so lucky to have had him in my life the way that I did, and and be able to call him brother and and mean it, and and for him to have the same relationship with me. I mean, it was it, it was a special connection, and he would he would randomly once the show was done, he would just text me. But he was, Luke was one of the most random people that you'll ever meet. Like he would, you know, we always had jokes about like uh, the cable guy or um, or In Living Color. Like, you know, we would have quotes from that, like, wrote a song about it, want a hit, hit, no. <laughs> and that's all he would text me. He would, like randomly I'd pick up my phone and just get a text from Luke and it would just say, wrote a song about it, want a hit, hit, no. <laughs> and that's it. Like it wasn't. There was no more information. There was no, it was, he wasn't telling me anything. He was just connecting with me and letting me know that he was there and that he cared. And it was, it, it, it was a really cool, it's a really cool relationship. Yeah. He was a really cool person. That's, 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 all, that's, yeah. that's probably one of, that will probably go down as one of the greatest losses in my life for sure. Uh, the loss of Luke. Yeah. Just because it's one of those, Jason put it the best. He was like, you know what? We, we always knew that we would have to lose people that, that we worked with and knew and loved, but we didn't expect that to start so soon. And you know, and you don't, you don't expect still being so young to lose people and, and, and not somebody like him. Luke was, Luke just always, seemed really healthy and really like he I, I saw him about a week before he passed and there was there wasn't one part of me that, that felt like oh something was off or something's going on it's it's just a reminder of how um how fragile life is yeah and tomorrow's really yeah and tomorrow's never guaranteed you know it's just right yeah you know. no it's not wow that's not, you have to you have to enjoy each day and make the most of it for sure yeah um question for you um how has fatherhood changed you you know especially you know being the father of three like how does that father of four father four, four yeah four Hold I, have an, I have an 18 year old oh, oh my god yeah i have an 18 year old son in a seven year old a six year old and a three year old holy holy snap you got your own football league man the, yeah the I mean know. the mean I'm, green I'm one, team. Away, I'm one away from a starting lineup <laughs> <laughs> which believe me i i'm well aware of oh man <laughs> i'm i'm making sure that that doesn't happen because at that point 
then you cross over into some like weird spiritual cult and i don't i don't like you know oh i just i don't believe in birth control and so you just have like 20 something kids you know it's you that that's a i skate that line wow man. Um, you know what fatherhood has <sighs> fatherhood has changed me. it's changed me a lot and at different points and in different ways um one of the first when my when my oldest son Cassius was born yeah. was it obviously just really made me aware of not being so selfish mm-hmm. um, that it was it was really important to share with him who I was and my experience of life and like really bring him around as much as possible um, and it's the same thing with with all the kids but now now that I'm getting older now that I'm 46 it's yeah. fucking crazy wow i'm um, 45 i'm right there with you brother yeah, <laughs> yeah. now that i do you're not 40 35 and 46 are fucking worlds apart no no for, no i'm 45 45 is it? oh you're 40 yes yes oh, okay yeah you are right with me <laughs> but am i wrong 35 and 46 are ye are like different ye- lifetimes yes 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 um i think you know i've gotten to that point in life where like i'm really i'm not just okay like i i haven't just settled on this but like i'm genuinely happy with this i was talking to somebody and saying you know my my time in life like my my being irresponsible and being a kid and you know doing those things that's that ship has sailed like that's i had my time Hmm. and and I had a lot of fucking time, and I had a lot of fun, and I really fucking lived it up, and went through the show, went through all sorts of crazy experiences. And now it's their time. Now it's their time to do this stuff, and it's my time to be the person that just helps them and guides them and holds them by the hand and steers them a little bit. And I don't want to, I don't want to necessarily imprint red flags that I've gained in life or, or not, on them because that's not my I don't feel like that's my job mm-hmm. I feel like it's my job to go listen my my feeling is this your feeling may be totally different and I respect that it, it's not it's not about me putting my feelings or thoughts onto you or in you know into your head like my my job you're gonna have friends you're gonna have tons of friends throughout your life my job isn't to be your best friend my job is to be your parent Mm-hmm. And if I'm your parent and we're also really good friends, that's awesome. Yeah. That's great. Um, but it's you know my I feel like my job is to is for them to know that they're loved no matter what they say or do. Like that that's the one thing that is a constant and is a guarantee that I I'll love them no matter what no matter what happens. And uh, and and then. You know, you just kind of grab the fucking reins and go. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. There's no. It, I remember as a kid hearing like, "Oh, there's no, you know, rule book to," and I, I used to be like, "Oh, you know, whatever." But it's true. There's no, there's no fucking rule book for it. And all kids are different. Like I, have, my four kids couldn't be more different than they are. Wow. And they were all raised the same way for the most part. And they're just different people. Yeah. They just look at things differently and they're attracted to different things. And like my son, Noah, and my son, Bodie, who are pretty close in age, they're, they're the seven and six year old, uh, the seven year old, he turns eight this year. 
they're they couldn't be more different yet they're raised in the same household in pretty much the same way Mm -hmm. but they're Noah is much more creative and artistic and Bodhi is much more mechanical. Like that's, mm. that's the way his brain works. He's Bodhi has always loved making puzzles and, and he figures out how things work and don't work and how to take things apart, you know, how gears work. And he's really into all of that. Like, okay. He doesn't just look at like a fountain as, Oh, it's beautiful. He looks at like, well, how does the fountain work? Mm. So it sucks water from the bottom up through a tube that you plug in the tube dumps the water at the top and it's so it's not for him it's not the beauty of the fountain it's the beauty of how it works so it's a different it's a different mindset and he just is that way the our, our kids are just they're just different people you how many kids do you have i have um two you have two yes uh, so i'm sure you know like they're totally different fucking people it's crazy yes and then you know I have it's two. It's really insane to be to have a household and then realize like, okay, I'm adding two more people to my yeah. house. Like not two of my kids, not little copies of me. Like two more people. Yeah, exactly. And I have two more roommates that I'm going to be stuck with <laughs> at least for 18 years. Like they're, you know, that's I better shit. I I might as well raise them the best way I can because I they're they're around. I, know. I have to deal with them. So, you know, I don't, I don't want to raise assholes because I have to live with them for 18 years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. That's true. <laughs> because the thing is, like, I have two daughters and I have two different baby moms. So, like, you can see, like, the attitude. Well, I don't, you know, mine's I see the attitudes of the first mom and then you see the attitudes of the next right. mom. So, it's like, it's like I see my personality in there, but it's also a, uh, a amalgamation of, like, the mom and the other mom. So, it's how, kind of different. Uh, how old are they? Right um, I have a seven-year-old and a 20 year old right so it's yeah, a big gap having, but yeah well and having two different moms is is a little tougher for that because they are so influenced by by their mom yeah so so it's it it's so it's it's a little different but like with with my three youngest they're all with megan so yeah. there there have been no changes as far as that they're just different people like i i sort of with my oldest, my 18-year-old, yeah. and, and then these three, I expected them to be a bit different because his mom is really different from Megan, and, yeah. you know, and, and vice versa. But, yeah. um, but it's crazy to see with the three, like what what movies they're into, what toys they're into, what yeah. what clothes they like. What it's they're just totally different people. Their eye is just attracted to completely different things. It's crazy. Wow, wow. Are you, yeah. are you any more in the future or you're done? The, the oven is the oven is closed. I <laughs> Uh-oh. I I've I've learned to never say never. Okay. <laughs> oh boy. But it, it's not it's not my goal to have any more kids. Okay. I feel like I feel like I've I've had four and that's I really wanted a girl. Yeah. But I, but that's just not in the cards for me. I don't think. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not one of those people that's like, hey, I want to keep trying till I have a girl. It's like, no, I have four. I have four boys. That's enough. That's if if I don't have a girl by now, like that's I'm not meant to have a girl. That's yeah. okay. <laughs> I said the same thing too because I always wanted a boy and I got two girls. I was like, if I have yeah. a girl, I'm gonna be so freaking pissed, you know. But yeah, I wouldn't be pissed, you know. I'd be like probably a little perturbed at the moment, but you know. You know what I always. 
always heard that's a really good analogy of, of the two sexes with kids. What? When when you're a guy and you have a son, you're a father. Yeah. And when you have a girl, you're a daddy. Oh, that's a oh, that's a good way of thinking. I didn't even think about it like it that. It is a good way of thinking about it because <laughs> it's a totally different mindset. Yes. For raising a kid, like when you're raising a girl, you want to be the model of what a good guy is. Yeah. Because you know, because that means so much to them the the, the father daughter uh, uh-huh. relationship, and so you want you you want to be that you want to be that you know that statue of like, hey, this is what a good man will do, and sp- and how they speak to you, and what, and then with a boy, you just you want them to be. You want them to be men in society. You want them yeah. to treat women well. You want to, so it's a different way of raising them. So I always heard that, and I was like, "Man, that makes a lot of sense." Mm. And there's a part of me that really wants to be a daddy. Yeah, you heard of sure. the you heard of the Chris Rock joke? Which one? Like, if you have a daughter, your goal as a father is to keep her off the damn pole. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've, I've used that one. Actually. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's your only job is to keep her off the pole. Yep, exactly. You know, but you're right. Like, like being a daddy and being like a father of girls. Like, I like when you put it in perspective like that because I am a daddy. Like, daddy, can you do this? Daddy, daddy's always, daddy's and, always the yeah, loose and one. You, and you, you know? melt a little bit. You yeah. like, you wanna. It's your little girl. Like, you wanna hold her. You wanna, you want her to feel safe. You want her to. So you know, you're. It's it's what you have with boys, but at a much younger age, it. it it changes. That's like you have that with boys when they're young, but as soon as they're like running around and rough and tumble, that dynamic fucking shifts. It just does. Yeah. I still cuddle with my boys, yeah. but it's a different. It's a different thing. Like you, you know, you don't have. I don't get to to do uh, do tea parties and stuff like that, and you know, and, yeah. and those things with with the little girls. That you that's that just doesn't happen, and it's it's a shame. Yeah, it is. It is, man. Um, Brian, what's your favorite um, like fast food to go to if you do eat fast food? Like, you have a particular favorite fast food? I don't eat fast food, <gasps> but uh, Whoa. yeah, no, I know. Uh, it, it's it's one of the things. It's one of the many things that Megan is responsible for. That's yeah. really, really been amazing in my life. So. I had the neurologic stuff that I was going through that I touched on a little bit before. Yeah, and a lot of that was was dietary for me. It was, oh, really? I've been I've been eating things since I was a kid that my body was actually allergic to and was uh, was creating inflammation from uh, gluten and dairy and things like that. So when I cut those out of my diet, um, it's amazing how the head and everything else started clearing up and the body and inflammation and things that I noticed in working out that weren't, that I wasn't seeing the results that I should have from or, or things where I was like, I, maybe that's just like my body, the, the, the shape of my body or something like that. I have, you know, that I have this or that. And, and it was all just dietary. So she, uh, she's really, She's really dedicated and really um, intelligent as far as what's good to eat and uh, and how to take care of yourself and and that's definitely rubbed off on me because before her I was I was I'd go to the coffee bean three times a day and get like blended mochas and I you know <laughs> I would eat it paquito moss and 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 turkeys and and 
Baja Fresh, and you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go as bad as like McDonald's. Yeah, but I would do In and Out every once in a while. Wow. I, and now that's that ship is. I, I eat grass-fed beef, and I'm like, I'm, I'm really a stickler for organic stuff and grass-fed stuff and things raised humanely because I, I, I think that's really important. Oh, but what do you mean? How has Megan influenced you? Like she eats a certain different, like she eats like all organic stuff or like, yeah, she, oh. well, she's very, she eats really clean. She's really, she's really good at like when she puts her mind to something like I'm not going to eat uh, avocados anymore. Wow. Literally never, ever having avocado, avocado oil of like she, and she's one of those where she can just like, a hundred percent change something and commit to it and just do it. Wow. Whereas I'm a little more like, okay, well, you know, okay. So I'll eat, I'll stop eating gluten like 90% of the time, wow. but there's still that 10% of the time. Where like if I see a flour tortilla or something, I'll go, Hey, that looks really fucking good. Like that burrito <laughs> looks amazing. So I'll eat that. Oh, wow. um, it's, she, she just is, She's much more dedicated than I am, and she's that way in life. Yeah, she's uh, she's she's just really, really good at. Good uh, at what? She, she's she just like she, it's her, it's like laser focus. She's just she's a she's a fucking animal. Like she doesn't stop until yeah. she gets what she wants. Ah, uh, I see. Uh, so it's good like you two complement each other in that way I guess yeah right? yeah that's yeah. awesome yeah for sure that's awesome um Brian and um um because I know I appreciate the time you've given me and I don't want to take up too much of your time but um my final question for you is what would the Brian of today tell the Brian of yesterday um that that it doesn't that it doesn't matter so much to, to, to not worry so much about what other people think or, uh, or, or, or what they say and, and have a little more self-confidence and, um, and trust yourself a little more. I just, I didn't trust myself enough as a kid mm -hmm. and, uh, I was, I was easily influenced um, and, and manipulated by people because I, I, I was really unsure of myself. Yeah. And so now, now being much more sure of myself now than I was before, there are a lot of things where you know, I'm not afraid to say no or to not do things or not live a certain way. Yeah. Um, that's it. Oh, and um, I wouldn't, I, you know, I wouldn't be remiss if I said I enjoyed the Sarah Connor Chronicles, and it kind of, kind of pissed off that it got cut off that way. And some of them is better than the actual movies, you know. <laughs> yeah, I I appreciate that. What's what's crazy is I've I've heard that from other people before too. Like that's people really seem to like that show, and I I I agree. I mean, that show was really well done and mm -hmm. really well written, and uh, and really well acted all around, and really well cast and. It was that was one of those shows that 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 all the right elements were there. Bear, the guy that was doing our music, was awesome. Yeah. Um, 
the DP, the lighting looked great. The camera operators were great. It was just one of those, like, all the pieces that needed to be there for something like that were there. Yeah. And so it was everybody just firing on all cylinders. Yeah. That, that show, for being a show, and especially for it being that time, felt much more like a movie every week yeah. than, than a show. Yeah, I think the show was pretty much ahead of its time, though, with everything now. The show was out now with everything we have now oh, with the with special effects. And shit, yes. It was huge. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it was out during a time when people were still watching television and it was way too it was way too serialized. Like if you missed an episode, you were you were fucked. You had no idea what was going on. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and it's not and it's not like now where you could like check it out on Hulu or nothing like that cuz at that time it wasn't really prevalent at that time the streaming yeah. stuff was not, you know? Yeah. Um, Brian, promote your social media, promote anything you got upcoming that, you know, I, uh, my social media is, aren't you that guy? Aren't underscore you underscore that underscore guy. Um, simply because I would run into people and half the time they go, <laughs> wait, aren't you that guy? So I was like, that's perfect. So, aren't you that guy? And then, uh, the with Brian Austin green podcast yeah, doing that and, uh, and stay safe. No, no. No Twitter or Facebook for you? No, no Twitter, no Facebook. Wow. So if there's if there's somebody out there that has a Twitter that has your name, that's not you, right? Facebook, not that's me. not you. Okay. No. I, I'm not on Twitter. I'm not on Facebook. I'm I have one account on Instagram and that's okay. it. Oh. So any other any other profiles or so it's all it's all fake. It's all fan made. Oh. Brian, man, thank you so much. That was the legendary, the man of the hour, too sweet to be sour, funky like a monkey, and space is the place. If you mess with Brian Austin Green, he'll bust you in the face. That was Brian Austin Green, everybody. <laughs> Thanks, man.